A scared world needs a fearless church. I'll say it again. A scared world needs a fearless church. A.W. Tozer said that. A.W. Tozer was a, a pastor, author, passed away in 1963, but he certainly saw it in his time, and things have not changed since. A scared world needs a fearless church. And so how do we reconcile this? Live in fear. Well, as you saw the video play, you probably recognize that there are a few uh, phrases and uh, concepts that were used in that video that, that taken out of context, just in and of themselves, doesn't quite seem right. And this is one of those. <laughs> Live in fear. You might be thinking, well, haven't we been doing that? Like, hasn't that been what's happened? And I just want to tell you, that's, that's true. That's what the world has to offer. <laughs> that's the best the world has to offer, is a fear of the system and the situation. But Jesus has something else in mind. And a part of our hope in all of this, when Matt and I sat down and started talking through this series, we wanted to be able to take a couple of phrases that are sometimes misunderstood or just kind of leave you in that in that place of like, what? What are you talking about? And we wanted to put some context around it. And in the place of that context, we wanted to be able to, to pull out a little bit more meaning and give us context in, in our daily life. And so with that in mind, the response to this message today may be, thank you. I am feeling some some freedom from the burden that I have felt from the fear that I've had in this world. It, it may also be, you know what? Uh, this is the first time I've even thought about that, Kenny, and that's great. I like it, but I like I need I need that Jesus. That Jesus that you're talking about today, that's the one I need, and I don't have him. How do I receive Jesus? That might be your response today. Your response might be, if there is a scared world and they need a fearless church, then I need to not live in fear. And I'm going to take my next step of faith, and my next step of faith is to be baptized. And though I didn't bring a change of clothes, <laughs> I'm going to take a step of faith and jump in. Don't do it right now. There's a time a little bit later, and we'll talk through that. But that might be your step of faith today. And we're open. Again, all we're asking, have you received Jesus as your Savior, and are you ready to be obedient to believers' baptism today? And if that's the case, then Brian Green's going to meet you over there by that door and, and, and we're going to celebrate together. That may be your response today. I want to just pause now and pray, and we're going to jump in the word together. You ready? That wasn't rhetorical. I apologize. Uh, are you ready? Yes. Are you ready, though? Yes. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. And we need you, and we recognize we live in a world that is scared, and the best that this world can offer is fear, and we're just rejecting that right now because that is not in your plan. 
Lord, I pray right now for strength. I pray for clarity. I pray that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, I ask that we would be that fearless church that wouldn't put our, uh, our fears, our trust on this world system. But Lord, that we would have this, this ability to look to you in all of these things, Lord, and put our trust where it needs to be. Lord, I pray that you would give us strength. Lord, I pray that we would be obedient. Lord, I pray that this scared world would be able to look at this fearless church and go, I want that. Not because of who we are, but because of who you are and who you've always been. And Lord, how you have called men and women and young people to you over and over again through the centuries. And we just, we just bow before you now. And Lord, in a corporate way, and perhaps even in an individual way, we ask you for, you would forgive us. You would forgive us for those times where we grabbed a hold of media clips and we lived in fear. Not in a moment, but we lived in fear. Lord, forgive us. For those times where we embraced it and marinated in it, Lord, forgive us. Lord, I I pray that in a real way you would help us to walk in faith together, even here, even now, for your good glory. And it's in Jesus Christ's precious and holy, holy, holy name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. amen. One of the things when we begin to talk about a, a topic that, that really in, in some ways could be explosive uh, or at least um, uh, could trigger some intense feelings, it's important that we start identifying that we're saying the same words and meaning the same things. So we're going to start with that. Uh, what is fear? We're going to look at it from, from a noun, as a noun and then in an action form as a verb. And so hang in there with me as we look at this again, just in hopes of being on the same page together as a noun. Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. And in the verb form, to be afraid of someone or something as likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. Point of clarity. Fear is an okay emotion. It's neutral. Uh, it's given to us by God. And I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a counselor. That is not my area of expertise. I'm not going down that road at all. But I, I do know the scriptures, and I want to talk about what the Word of God has to say about fear. And we recognize that there are moments where fear is good, like yeah, you shouldn't touch that. You shouldn't jump off that cliff. You should, like, fear is there for a reason and a purpose. There is a difference in those moments and living in that space. That's what we're talking about, living in that space. As a point of clarity, I, I, I want to point out three things that we often use. We kind of lace them together in our culture I'm just identifying that there are differences. Again, this is not a clinical definition of it. That is not my area of expertise. That's not what I'm trying to communicate. I just want to clarify that there is a difference and then also that we're focusing in on the matter of fear. 
So phobia is the first one. And a, a phobia could be something uh, that gives you extreme fear or irrational fear. That's how that's defined, again, at the surface level. I'm, I'm going to give you an example. And if I give you an example and it's true for you, I want you to know I didn't know that ahead of time. This is not me picking on anyone in this room that I'm aware of, okay? So just <laughs> felt like I needed to clarify that. So uh, a phobia might come out like this. I hate spiders. I just, I can't be around spiders. Spiders really freak me out. Like just even the thought that there might be a spider in this room makes me want to leave this room. I don't like spiders. They're just so creepy. They're so ugly. They have, I like, I just want to die thinking about spiders. And if there's more than one in here, I don't even know what I'd do. And, and so we might ask some questions like, do you know anybody who's been killed by spider? No. Oh, okay. Uh, have you ever been attacked by a group of spiders? Oh, no. Um, no, I've only seen them like on TV and occasionally in a corner, but I've never really been around. Okay, well, that might be a phobia. That, that might be extreme or irrational. Might be a phobia. Again, I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not uh, telling you that that's, that's what it is. This is not a clinical statement. This is just, these are the differences. And then anxiety. Anxiety seems to hone in on situations. So situations that we can't control. Um, The situational part may be causing of anxiety. So these are the differences in a nutshell. Regardless, we want to see from Scripture. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to get your Bibles out, get ready to underline, highlight stuff, write notes off to the side, love to interact with the sword of the Lord, and we want to keep that thing sharp. And we'll be in a few places today. We'll be in Psalms, we'll be in Luke, we'll be in John, we'll be in Proverbs, So, just so you know what's coming. But I wanted to take a moment and look at a few places to see what the Bible has to say about fear. And if we're talking about fear, and if I'm telling you live in fear, then it better be more than just one spot in Scripture. We want to look at the sum of Scripture, at least as much as we can today, and identify what does the Scripture teach about fear. And this is one of, uh, one of, one of a, the popular verses. This is a verse that you'll hear very often. Some of you may even know this by heart, but it's Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I will fear no evil. So it appears, at least at first blush, that what is being communicated here is that people of faith do not live in the space or in that place of fear. Fear is not a characteristic of a person of faith, at least of evil. We don't put fear in evil. Well, let's look at another passage. Let's go to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. By the way, whenever you're doing your Bible studies and you see the word therefore, always ask, why is it therefore? And what you'll see is that there is a connection So, not fear is connected with what preceded it. What preceded it? God is our refuge and strength. Therefore, we will not fear. We will not fear. God is with us. So again, people of faith don't seem to live in that space of fear. 
It may be appropriate in a moment, but it's not appropriate to marinate in it. How about Psalm 91? He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is as a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Again, not fearing is what we embrace, right? We're, we're not going to live in that space of fear. In a moment, we may experience fear. If you're on the edge of a cliff looking over, you, your knees might get weak. You might have a little bit of fear. That's probably good. Step away from the edge. But living in that space of fear is completely different. And we're going to flesh that out more and more as we go together. We're in Luke chapter 12. When we talk about that idea of live in fear, where the sermon title came from, uh, it's from this passage, Luke chapter 12. And in Luke chapter 12, uh, we'll, we'll start in verse 4, but let me build up to it. The chapter begins with Jesus calling out the Pharisees. The Pharisees are the religious leaders of the day. They would, they would be like the pastors today. And Jesus is calling them out. And here's another piece that we should probably understand because often we read Pharisees and we just automatically think, oh, they're bad. Is that good? Like, that's the way we see, that's the way we see them. It's kind of the way it's been built up. Uh, but the Pharisees are in the same theological line that Jesus is in. Uh, Jesus doesn't condemn their beliefs. He condemns the practices uh, that the Pharisees had that were hypocritical. The word hypocritical means actor. So they're acting. You're acting like you're spiritual, but you're not really spiritual. You're acting like it really matters, what, uh, that God really matters in your life, but it's an act. And that's what Jesus is pointing out early in this chapter uh, preceding this passage. And as, as he um, transitions to this thought, you, you get the idea that they're, they're being seized with a little bit of fear. And here's, here's what he says. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body. Stop there. Clearly, Jesus is talking about people. Do not fear those who can kill the body. Jesus is talking about people. And there are people who can kill the body. And Jesus is identifying, don't be scared of those. In just a moment, he's going to clarify why that is. Because those people that can kill the body, that's all the power they have. They kill the body, but guess what? Uh, They're not your judge. Uh, they're, They're not the ones who can tell you where to go. They're not the ones who can place you in that place. They, they can kill the body. And the reality is, uh, unless the Lord comes back soon, all of us are going to taste death at least once. That, that's the reality. Yeah, there are people who could kill the body. Don't be, don't be scared of them. Don't be afraid. That's all they can do. And in Jesus' day, when the Roman Empire came in, that was a legit concern. The, they could just kill me for these rules. They, they, they could execute me. These people outside of my context could execute me. These people outside of my culture could execute me. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, like, that's scary when I see them. 
Yeah, don't fear them. That's all they can do. By extension, and, and I want to clarify this piece. By extension. This, this is not, uh, in the context of this passage, this is not what Jesus is saying. But by extension, this principle works. Okay? I hope that makes sense. By extension. So what can kill the body? Well, there are other things that could kill the body too. Other things that perhaps give us fear. Health might be one of those things. Several years ago now, a friend of mine was with an 18-year-old who had stage 4 cancer. When he met with the 18-year-old, he didn't know how close to graduating into eternity this 18-year-old was. But within a week, he, he graduated and went to be with the Lord. He said to me, Kenny, I, I didn't know what I was going to say. Like, what do I tell an 18-year-old who should have the rest of his life? I mean, if anyone is going to be bitter, if anyone is going to be frustrated, it could be and maybe even should be this 18-year-old. What am I going to say to him? And he said, but this 18-year-old ministered to me. I said, what, 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 what happened? He said, I went into the room. And the 18-year-old, and we began to talk, and he said, this cancer has me, and unless God heals me, I'm bound for glory soon. He said, this cancer has got my body, but I just want you to know something, Pastor. This cancer doesn't have my heart. I'm not letting cancer into my heart. Isn't that a good word? And I want to tell you that sometimes health can be this. We're scared of it. Fear. And it grips us. This young man's testimony has gone on beyond him. Why? Because he didn't fear that. We live in tough days. And I, I want to explain this. In no way, shape, or form am I saying be flippant. Not at all. But we live in some COVID days, and it would be really easy to let COVID into our hearts. Let's not do that. We live in a scared world, and they need a fearless church. And this is a part of that. Do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Now, there's really only one option, but oftentimes I hear two. Um, People will look at that and say, oh, fear to throw into hell. Uh, Is that the devil? No. The devil doesn't have any authority to do that. He doesn't have any ability for believers. He is not our judge. He is not our jury. He He is not our savior. That is not the devil's role. But God is who we're referring to here. And Jesus is really clear, fear him. This world system and the things of the world, we, we don't fear that. But who we do fear is God. It goes on to say a few more things here uh, for context, and then I'm going to go back to that. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Well, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. For some of us, that's easier to number than others. Fear not. You are of more value than many sparrows. That's so good. God cares about us. He loves us. 
this issue of fear is not something that we embrace very easily in our culture. It's way easier to say, uh, you know, you should be fearful that you're going to be in a car accident, like drive wisely, than to associate it with a person. And some people have a feeling of like God is just looking to stomp out their fun anyways. Uh, and, And that's not what we're talking about. So let me clarify some things about this fear. It's very important. One of the things is this. The idea here has has this mentality of like shivering, of being concerned, of shaking, of being terrified. And you might be thinking, whoa, that, that sounds harsh. Let me explain it a different way. This has happened a couple of times in my life. But one of those times happened years ago. And Cindy and I were on top of a mountain in Wyoming. Now, you may not know this about Wyoming, but there are no trees. Like, that's a little bit of hyperbole, but only a little bit. There are no trees in Wyoming. And uh, it's true in Montana. Montana's called the big sky country, right? And the reason is there aren't, there aren't any trees that block the area. You can see from the skyline to the skyline, and it's all sky, and it's kind of overwhelming on you. Wyoming is like that. So you get up on, I, we were up on this mountain uh, with no trees, and Cindy and I are looking off in the distance, and it's, it's gray. Like, oh, that's not good. And in a moment, that gray turns to black. That's really not good. And it's starting to roll, folks. I mean, you can see it's moving and then I saw what, what scared me to death, lightning in that cloud. And you're going, why would lightning bother you? Because I'm on top of a mountain and there are no trees and I'm much taller than my wife. <laughs> you see where I'm going now. Like, it was scary. This lightning is coming in and I'm thinking, where, where do we go? How do you get out of this? this it was a terrifying moment. Because I had no authority, I had no ability to do anything to that, to that weather system that was rolling in quickly. There was nothing to do. Lord, if this is your will, I guess. The reason I tell you that, so I should tell you the rest of the story. I didn't get struck by lightning. My loss of hair came for a different reason altogether. Uh, we didn't get struck by lightning. Um, but it was an intimidating moment. Because that was way more powerful than, than I could stand against. Now, why do I tell you that? I, I tell you that because the fear of the Lord is directed like that. There's this all-powerful God who has the ability to judge rightly and can choose heaven and can choose hell. Well, really, we choose it. He just judges it. That's worth some fear. That's worth some holy respect That's worth us pausing and thinking through. There is an interview done. I'm not going to give you the celebrity's name. But the interview was done, um, and this this celebrity is an uh, an atheist. He doesn't believe there is a God. And the interviewer goes, so what if you die and there is a God and you face this God? What would you say to him? And he goes, and he looks at the interviewer and his jaw kind of tightens and he goes, you have some explaining to do. That is not the fear of the Lord. And that's the culture that we live in. 
What I'm saying is this is what scripture tells us. There should be a holy respect for God. This all-powerful being who loves us, who called us to himself, who has this ability. I'm rightly dividing. You chose me. I'm rightly dividing. You were a hypocrite and you lied. And your whole life was marinated in that lie. And he can do it rightly. And there should be a holy fear that we all have in that place. Now, the word also means respect. Respect God. You know what? His word trumps my feelings. His word trumps my situation. His, his word is bigger than what I think. That's the fear. It's beyond that. And I, I, I want to touch on a couple of things here in Proverbs. Um, Again, we don't have time to go through all of what it means to fear God. We're we're just touching it. We're highlighting a few things, but these are some important pieces that I don't want to miss. Here's Proverbs 1-7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So, like, if you want knowledge, it begins with the fear of the Lord. If, if you want this information, and that's what knowledge is, it's information, it's data points, it's truth, uh, these things that we store in our head, if you want that, it begins with the fear of the Lord. Anything outside of that is at least not biblical knowledge. Here's a place I learned that. Uh, a few years ago, I had the opportunity to speak at Comic-Con in Denver and in Fort Collins. It was a really, really cool thing for me to be able to talk about faith and film. And one of the guys that I was reading uh, about this, he did this, um, he did like this devotional and he used comic books to point people to God. I thought it was a very clever thing and what a, what a, uh, a unique group of people who would be interested in the comics and maybe interested in God and maybe see a story in a way that they hadn't seen before. Anyways, this is what he said. One of the things that I like to do, even when I read comics, is to pause and pray. And I pray something like this. God, give me an ability to see you at work, even in fictional writing. God, Give me an ability to see you at work and to help point others to you. That's knowledge. That's this. That's the beginning. We can even do that in school. God, give me wisdom to read this text and and see how it relates to you. Lord, help me to be able to point others to you. What a a great place to start. And then Proverbs 9.10 takes it in a little bit different direction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So knowledge is, this, is, is in our head, right? It's stored in our head. But wisdom is the exercising of that knowledge. It's living it out. And it, it again, is connected with the fear of the Lord, this idea of uh, this God of heaven. I'm accountable to you. One day I'm going to stand in front of you. Lest you misunderstand what I'm saying, let me clarify. I played basketball in high school, loved to play basketball. My coach was an intense man. He literally ran to school in the morning starting around 4, 4.30. He ran 12 miles every day to school like an intense, disciplined man. He was about 6'4", 230 pounds, and he was shaped like this. Strong guy. And, but when we messed up, he would go, what are you doing? Time out. 
and he'd pull us. And then he'd chew us out on the bench. And if we handled it well, we may get back in. If we didn't handle it well, we didn't. And you might be thinking, well, yeah, that's coaching. That's what coaches do. But here's what that method produces. I don't want to mess up. Did I mess up? And you find yourself looking over at the bench more than you're looking at where you're supposed to be. You See what I'm saying? You're living in fear. If I mess up, he's going to pull me. If I mess up, he's going to chew me out in front of my friends. If I mess up, I might sit the bench. And sometimes we project that onto God. That's not what this is talking about. Oh, if I mess up, God's going to be angry with me. If I mess up, God's going to like stomp me out. If I mess up, that is not the fear of the Lord that we're talking about. And a great place to go to clarify that is 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 clarifies this in some big ways. It says this, By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Now, now hold on, because you might be thinking, well, wait, Kenny, that sounds like it's against what you were just saying. It's not. This is a clarity that this God of heaven who can come is more powerful than a storm, a Wyoming storm front, more powerful than that, that that God loves me and he cares about me. And you know, I I may come off course and he's going to scoot me back on course. That's a little bit different. And because he loves me, I I love him. And my my life is in his hands and I, I trust him in that. That feels way different than if I mess up, he's going to stomp me out. Let's keep going. I can't read that one very well, so I have to go over here. All right. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So it's this idea of not marinating in it. Not marinating in this worldly fear, but in this godly fear. This fear that points us to God. I don't know where you're at. But, but I wonder if today maybe you would get some freedom. I wonder if today would be a day where you say, you know, I have been so bogged down by uh, social media and media clips and the news and everything that's going on in this crazy world. I've been so bogged down in that and going through this series of what ifs that I've missed my first love. And I needed that. And, and I, if that's you, I hope you experience some freedom. This, it may be today where you're going, I've never really thought of it that way. And that God that you're talking about, that's the God that I want. And today might be that day where you surrender to him. And it's not, it's not a magic uh, formula. It's Jesus that saves us. And it just might be, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need you to save me. And I've been so fearful of the world, but I, I need to walk in the fear of the Lord. Lord, rescue me. Amen. I mean, again, it's not the prayer that saves us. This is just that that moment that helps us to memorialize that step of faith. Or today might be the day where you say, you know what? I hear what you said about that scared world, Kenny. And and I want to be a part of a fearless church. And if I want the church to be fearless, then I need to be fearless. And so for me, I need to make a step of faith. And even though I didn't bring a change of clothes or I didn't do this or I didn't prepare ahead, I... I'm going to do it because I feel this nudge in my spirit and I know that God is telling me and has been telling me for a while, I need to be obedient to him. 
I'm doing it. Praise God. I hope today is your day. And here's what that might look like. Uh, Brian Green is going to be over here at this door uh, after, we, after this first baptism. And after that first baptism, I want to encourage you to step up in faith. There were two people in the last service who did it. They said, you know what? I'm going to be obedient. Didn't bring a change of clothes? You got a towel? That's good enough. And they were obedient. And if God is calling you to that, then I want to encourage you in like manner to do so. Friends, this is a scared world. And it is in desperate need of a fearless church.